We could talk about to-do lists. I got a lot to say about those. Mm-hmm. That's what the off-season's for, isn't it? Join me as I walk through my 15-part <laughs> productivity <laughs> podcast. There's no off-season with the Undebeatables, Joey. We are always on. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch in unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is October 25th, 2020, and this is episode 479. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss the Pacers' new coaching hire, the new look Pacers, other coaching changes uh, around the league, and the potential soon, uh, potentially soon return of of the NBA. Joining me this week are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Um, it's thirsty whatever day this comes out. Drink up. Uh, and from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? We are like nine days away from the election. Don't forget to vote. Yeah, yeah go yeah. vote. And I want to say uh, Indiana and Idaho, both uh, both representing uh, COVID pretty, pretty solidly. Uh, I mean, we're at the top of A list. Right. Yeah. And I... Uh, Harper, you'd sent over an article that uh, the, the re- some of the members of the regional uh, health board are uh, potentially not convinced that uh, it, it, the coronavirus exists at all. So, but something's making them sick, right? Yeah. Shout out Occam's Razor. Uh, before we get into the show, I'd like to remind you that you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. Uh, if you just click the link in the show notes or go to the undebeatables.com slash Amazon and uh, uh, do some shopping, a small percentage of it comes uh, back to us. And in fact, you can use Amazon to buy goods online. They bring it right to your house and you don't have to go out in public and potentially get infected. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I use it liberally. Yeah. And and every uh, time you do, you use our Amazon code, right? Of course I do. Okay. All right. Uh, well, gentlemen, uh, good news. You know, we we had been uh, wait what? 
Uh, <laughs> Harper's brain cannot compute. It's 2020. Can you speak to him slower about this good news you speak of? Uh. The good news that I'm um, speaking of here is it's made me violently happy. The Pacers. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's the Pacers made a coaching hire. Not on any of the list that I had seen, but um, we got a new coach. Coach Nate. I'd like to welcome him to the team. <laughs> so confusing. <laughs> Not the same Coach Nate we had. Uh, not the same bold Coach Nate we had. A different bold <laughs> Coach Nate. <laughs> coach Nate Bjorkren. And he has been an assistant coach for the very successful Toronto Raptors. Uh, everything seems so far so good. Um, players seem, What I mean by that is players seem excited. Uh he seems very excited. I mean, of course he's excited, but he seems to uh, have really impressed the uh, the Pacers organization during his interviews. And um, so far, all, all the words coming out of everyone uh, seem to be good. Colson, um, I know this was this 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 hits you hard. Um, you know, tell us what you think about this. Well, I, I think in in uh, Kevin Pritchard's words, it was a no brainer. I mean, they had spent uh, a long process, but this guy apparently, um, I believe you say his name, but Jork Green, is that right? Or is it is it a silent is it a silent B? So it's Jork Grin. Is it is it Grin like the Wren like the bird, or is it like the Swedish Green, or the um, yeah okay? <laughs> Give me a call, but Jork Grin. B. Jorkerin. Okay. Uh, so they did They did an interview. There, there, there was an article in the uh, Indiana Star. Uh, it says, uh, Bjorkgren uh, vows to change Pacers ID, which I think is a really good idea when you move to a new state, uh, particularly to a new country. You should change your ID. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get license plates. And- yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that's just the standard. I'm glad he's doing that. Um, but uh, they asked him uh, about um, how he's going to change the the Pacers style, um, and this is Bjork Grin. Bjork Grin said it's going to be very disruptive, a very aggressive style. Will be a fun team to watch. We're going to see a lot of movement on both sides of the ball. We're going to see weak side movement on the offensive end. You're going to see different players handling the ball and pushing it up the floor. We want to look for more possessions. We want to utilize the free throw line, getting to the rim, utilize the three-point line. Um, and then um, it's discussed about how that would be 180 degrees different from what Nate McMillan did. It <laughs> um, also, apparently, the other reason that uh, the brass was really excited about uh, Joker Kern um, was that you just had it? <laughs> um, is that he's really interested in uh, relationships with the players? Where um, Nate McMillan was sort of kind of the the tough love father figure, where you just kind of you do your business the right way. Um, he never 
he didn't like text people or have a relationship with them. Um, he's really interested in, in what they call deep rooted relationships with the players. Uh, he's a communicator and he's a unifier. Yeah. Um, Talking to your coworkers is like a good idea, right? Yeah, exactly. He's someone who's excited to be around people and to understand what they're about and get them on the court and put them in the best chance to succeed. So, I mean, you know, these are things you just put on your resume and and say I'm good at communication. But like, if if he's convinced that the staff, uh, if, if he can, if he's convinced, you know, the Simons and um, Pritchard and Bird and Walsh that this is the case, and more importantly, if this is what he's convinced the players of, apparently he's already reached out to all the guys. He had a long conversation with Victor Oladipo. Um, and um, I just think this could be a really exciting change. You know, what we wanted to do is look for the new innovator. We talked about this last week, whether it was going to be Chris Finch or Chris Quinn or Quinn Quinn. You know, we wanted to know, um, you know, that we were going to take a risk on a new young mind innovator and then give him the time to see if he can develop into a quality head coach. And I think that's what we've done. We've, we've, you know, this is a guy who was an assistant coach for uh, Nick Nurse when they won the, the championship. He apparently masterminded the uh, box and one that they threw in. Uh, they threw at uh, Steph Curry during the finals that really threw him off. Um, you know, and so um, this is exciting. I'm excited. I hope everybody else is. I don't know. Harper, are you excited or am I just, uh, you know, am I just too high on uh, Bajorka grin? I mean, I'm excited, sure. Um, you know, I mean, the reality is that I don't know a lot about Bjork Render, <laughs> right? Uh, until last week, I, if I'd heard of the guy, it was in passing Never about the Raptors, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody was talking about Raiden, the Raptors, and, you know, the Heat, because, right. um, you know, they, they've both overachieved in very important ways. Obviously, that has a lot to do with the coaching staff. So uh, it's not surprising that we would, you know, pick off somebody from one of those organizations, given their given their recent history. Um, you know, he certainly said all the right stuff, um, you know, and, and he wants to be aggressive on both sides of the ball. Uh, he's talking about, you know, changing stuff up, not, you know, from game to game, but from quarter to quarter. Yeah. Um, from possession to possession after timeouts. Yeah. So there's going to be a steep, steep learning curve, I think, for a lot of guys on this team who, for sure. uh, you know, got very used to playing one way. Um, so he's going to be throwing a lot of stuff at a lot of guys very quickly. Um, but this guy's had a lot of success at every position he's had. Seems to be well-liked. I'm sure that, uh, you know, y- you don't make a hire like this without talking to, you know, all the guys that he's coached previously and other people that he's worked with. So. Assume that the the track record is going to stand up. Um, you know, I like that we're taking a chance, um, and I'm just you know, it, it was time to try something new. Um, I, I, I I'm uh, you know, I wish he wasn't named Nate because that's just confusing. But I'll I'll, I'll forgive him that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I think you're right. He's talked about you know, sort of a, a read and react offense about having just a ton of stuff in the defensive trick bag so that you can switch that stuff up not only game to game but quarter to quarter to throw off uh, opposing offenses. And um, you know, we have complained. Uh, you know, we liked a lot of the things that Nate did as far as you know um, culture building and and defense and accountability. But what we bemoaned was his lack of malleability or creativity on on both the offensive and 
defensive ends. And it sounds like this guy is going to be at least um, from what he's saying and what the, the brass is saying that he's going to be incredibly creative on both ends. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a modern basketball coach. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's that. <laughs> that seems like a step in the right direction for us. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. I saw this tweet from, uh, on, uh, on a fan sided article and the reasons for the Pacers change of direction, displeased ownership, too much ISO, bad defensive strategy, not enough emphasis on relationship building four key players, unhappy and rejected pleas to adjust offense. So, uh, th- that's everything. Right. What else is there? <laughs> that's all the things. So, uh, Bjorkman has got his work cut out for him. Certainly. Um, yeah. that, that all, you know, on, on top of all that, you've got the Victor Oladipo situation. Um, so, He's he's got a lot he's got a lot on his plate, but it sounds like he's already sinking his teeth in and been in contact with everybody. And uh, you know, I, th- I think people are excited, and uh, they should be. This is a good. This is going to be a good move for us for sure. Um, so Bjorkeren's uh, uh, path to get to the Pacers. Uh, he is from Storm Lake, Iowa. I know you guys know this, but for the listeners, it's in north <laughs> northwest Iowa. Uh, it's a town of about uh, ten thousand people, um, uh, but he he coached um, in Arizona some some high school basketball for a couple years, and then really since two thousand seven from two thousand seven to uh, twenty fifteen, uh, he was in the the D League G League, um, a couple different organizations there, and uh, and then twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen he was uh, assistant for the Suns. And 2018 to 2020, he was with the Raptors, and uh, now he's the head coach of the Pacers. So, I mean, he's been around the game, uh, you know, for, for a long time. Uh, Borkgren uh, won a, a title with the, the G League uh, Iowa um, Tractors. Is that the name? The, the, the Iowa, Iowa An- Energy. Iowa Energy, right, right, right. So, yeah. yeah no. You know, I thought you'd be—I thought you'd be a little more uh, respectful to the uh, the farm team to your, your beloved Timberwolves. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair have enough. you have you seen the, the talent that they bring through that system? <laughs> I, I don't know is the answer, and that probably should tell you something. <laughs> and also, I—I I mean, I don't think talent is a lot of like Minnesota as a franchise has had a lot of good talent come through there. I think it's just horribly mismanaged. They had Kevin Garnett. And he left. Yep. I guess he came he came back. And then he left again. And he eats babies. Like but just to prove a point. Yeah. Not because he's hungry. No. 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 Okay. David West only did it when he was hungry. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You wanted to make sure David West didn't skip a meal right. if you had a baby around. Right. Yeah. You know. You eat babies to survive, not to, not for not for fun or for sport. <laughs> so anyway, much baby I think death. I, I'm That's right. That's right. I may may have uh, gotten off the rails here a little bit. Um, so uh, one thing, uh, Colson, I think you sent this article. I think was uh, about how excited he and Oladipo, uh, Bjorkren and Oladipo, uh, seemed to be about each other. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Oladipo's quote was, uh, 
Bjorkren is uh, like uh, my Swedish brother from another mother, I think is what he said. Yeah. No. Um, apparently, uh, coaches already reached out to him. Uh, apparently, they were already having a shorthand of, you know, he, he was telling him sort of, uh, he was sharing with Oladipo what, um, you know, how he could integrate him into the offense and defense and um, how things were going to change and um, apparently led to a very productive conversation. And it seems like Oladipo's very excited. Um, you know, one of the things that, um, we've talked about multiple times is that Oladipo came into this franchise um, after we had traded away Paul George and everybody was kind of down and he kind of lifted up uh, the entire franchise with his positivity. And it sounds like uh, Bjorkren is, is uh, of the similar ilk. It sounds like he's from the cult of positivity. He's very enthusiastic. He's very excited. He's upbeat. And, um, you know, you can hope that these guys can feed off each other. And, and really, um, you know, um, enjoy each other's company, but also help kind of keep um, the franchise focused, but also uh, upbeat and, and headed in the right direction. And I, th- this has a chance to be a really nice relationship. And we, I, I think, you know, we've spent the last three weeks speculating about Victor Oladipo ready to leave. We're a small franchise. He can uh, get more money and have a better chance to win a title somewhere else. Um, but I think now with this new coach... I think you have to give the coach a uh, at least a half season to see if he can um, get Victor Oladipo uh, to a place where he's happy and wants to lead this team. I, 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 I'm less scared about or concerned about trying to make a, a Victor Oladipo trade this offseason than I was you know, before the hire. I mean, I never thought that we had to do it this offseason, but I'm no less concerned about Victor Oladipo. I mean... I mean, my thing is once a guy demands a trade, I mean, you know, it's going to take a while to get the trust of the organization back and it should, right? Most of the time when people do that, they don't end up just settling in and everything's cool. Like there just aren't a lot of stories that turn out like that, right? Right. In, in, in you know, to an Ola Depot's defense, he didn't demand a trade, right? It was just all floated rumors, right? I mean, at this point, it seems like it's been in, in, independently verified by multiple reporters, at least four or five sources, that he was unhappy and wanted a change. Right, right. So, again, we don't know what he said to management and what he hasn't, but, like, you know. He's clearly unhappy. That's not good. No, so No, that's not good. Um, You know, like I said, I just I, – I, I'm <laughs> – I'm much less optimistic than you. Like just, just hiring a coach doesn't like fix all this stuff for me. Right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. And my my nightmare scenario is still, Oh, he settles in and everything's good for six months. And then the trade line passes and then he's pissed off again. And then we lose him and we get nothing. Yeah. That's like the worst case scenario. That would be the worst case scenario for sure. I, you know, one of the things too, um, is that if you decide you want to um, just go ahead and get ahead of this and say he's lost the trust of the organization, we need to move on. We need let's start this culture with this new coach and get the people that are unhappy out of here. Um, the trade value for Victor Oladipo is going to be wildly unpredictable because 
he's not been healthy for two years. It's, 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 you know, are you trading an all NBA player uh, who might be healthy or are you trading kind of the guy who might never be that person again? So getting value back or convincing teams that he is healthy is going to be, you know, uh, I mean, the trade value is in no way unpredictable. It's a known quantity. You pick up the phone and you ask, or more precisely, people are probably calling you. Right. So all you have to do is answer. Oh, I think they're phone. probably getting a lot of calls. Yeah. Probably. All you got to do is answer your phone. You'll know exactly what's out there. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm a proponent of Trade Depot. Right. Like, again, I don't know what conversations he's had with management. Right. But, um, you know, it's certainly concerning as a fan and he didn't do much to squash the rumors. Right. Like, it's just not, right. it, it's not what you want for your franchise centerpiece. It, it's not, it, it could have been handled better. For sure. I agree with that. Uh, the other unhappy piece on this team, uh, Miles Turner, who's talked openly about how he's had to sacrifice the most of all of the the main pieces on this team, um, has been pretty quiet. Um, we haven't heard a lot from him, but um, one of uh, Bjorkren's um, sort of sells to management was that he thinks he can make uh, a really effective offense with the two big guys on the floor at the same time with Sabonis and Miles Turner. Now, whether he can do that or not is, is something else, but he's convinced, um, you know, Pritchard that he can. Um, so it's potentially Miles Turner will start getting more touches more, uh, have more opportunities and, and will settle in. Or again, is this a, a disgruntled player that we have to think about moving? Well, I, I mean, I think on some level, promising people more touches is a super easy thing to promise, right? All you have to do is I, pass the basketball. <laughs> I'll promise that. Like. <laughs> exactly. And you can probably get good on it by just not, you know, playing ISO every time up and down the court. Like, right. and, you know, getting more possessions. Like, these are pretty easy things to promise and follow through with. So, um, you know, that's fair. And if, if that's all it's going to take to make them happy, awesome. Um, you know, I, I do kind of question how much Miles Turner has really given up. I mean, um, with the level that he has played at, um, you know, what what does he, you know, deserve? Uh, I, I mean, what does he demand? Right. What does yeah. he demand in order to maximize offense? Right. Uh, and, and I'm not sure how much more of that is um, than where he's at. Like, I just don't know the answer to that question. Um so we'll find out this year. And and, and like I said, it, it's going to be a lot more fun to watch and there will be more touches. There's going to be more to go around and that should make us happier. So again, all to the good. I mean, I think for a, a, a low bar for this team, uh, it's just a consistent inbounding of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Man, that's going to be my favorite thing about, about our new coach. It's just uh, reliably getting the ball from uh, stoppage of play to live basketball action. That's all we're looking for. That's it. I mean, I agree. It's a low bar, but it's going to make me from the undebeatables. It's going to make me smile every time. (laughs) You're going to look like the crazy person. If you're like at a, you know, you're a bar watching the game. You're like, Whoa, did you see that? (laughs) Inbounded. Oh, damn. Uh, I, you know, I, I have been, I mean, I know that all of these guys, this team essentially is entirely under contract and that we can just roll this thing back and not worry about these personnel decisions. Um, I have, you know, I do worry about these things and about whether, you know, 
we need to you know be proactive and, and make some of these changes in this offseason um, and get ahead of some of this stuff but but we don't have to and we have a new coach and and maybe that will be enough to kind of change the mood of the locker room and some of these guys and and we'll we'll deal with this at the trade deadline or in the following offseason you know I suppose that's where we're at I've, I've just been concerned about whether we're gonna you know say screw it, let's get off some of these contracts if they're not if they don't want to be here sort of thing I mean I- I would argue that the incentive is to leave everything exactly where it is, right? I mean, if, if continuity is the you know hallmark of a good organization and we put ourselves in an excellent position to create continuity over the past couple of years, uh, with the exception of this, you know, notable and very necessary change, <laughs> sure. let, let the rest ride. Like these guys seem to like each other. I mean, the locker room was great, right? And yeah, yeah. they were doing it in spite of not, you know, necessarily in cooperation with, uh, you know, a super engaged coaching staff. So, right. I mean, I, I, I think that everyone is better off if you, it, it, and, and, you know, further, I thought this team played great without Vic most of last season. Right. I mean, I think they deserve a shot, um, you know, to get Vic back in the mix and see what they can do. Uh, if ultimately you can't keep Vic, I mean, I guess that is what it is, but you got plenty of time to figure that out. And, you know, the product on the floor was just fun last year. I really liked that team. Well, and, you know, uh, the the starting five, I think, played like, you know, what was it, like 100 minutes together or something like that? We just had so many injuries with Vic out, with, you know, Malcolm Brogdon in and out, with Sabonis going out finally when Vic got back. Like, we didn't really get to see these five starters see a lot of minutes together. And, you know, um, it could be really fun. Could work really well. Yeah. Especially given the fact that, you know, potentially four of those guys were pretty unhappy last year. So right. let's see what they can do when they're happy and excited about ball, right? I mean, yeah. they're, they're you know, to a man, they're pros and they're going to play through it. But I, I think, uh, you know, people perform better when they're in better situations, right? I mean, regardless of the strength of their personal will to, uh, you know, play through it, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you just think about guys like... Uh McDermott, you know, Dougie McBuckets, who, um, you know, his first year with us was completely underutilized and just wasted three-point shooting. And then we added a little bit of off-ball action in that second unit. And, like, we were all like, oh, wow, he's good. And you're like, okay, in the hands of somebody who can actually draw up real basketball plays, he could be – he could have, a you know, a, a career year next year. You know, stuff like that is, is – I'm looking forward to um, guys that just were underutilized and um, – and see what see what uh, going to happen with a new coach. I'm sure Pritchard Buchanan would love to see some success out of McDermott after how excited we were about signing him ten seconds into the free agency <laughs> yeah, signing. Exactly, number one priority. <laughs> oh dear. Well, uh, you guys want to take a quick break, and uh, we can come back in the next half, and uh, we're going to talk about some other teams that have made some changes and the uh, rumored return of the league sooner than we thought. The NBA is back, baby. <laughs> We're back. I, can't. I think I think we should. Uh, uh, you may want to stick around for the discussion in the second. Okay. Round. okay I think we're saying we're like starting right away. Let's do it. Come on. So I need a nap. Jeez. <laughs> Turn on your TV. It's on right now. <laughs> Bjorkman's been coaching for the last five games. Whoa. (laughs) That'd be epic. But find out if that's true after the break. (laughs) Quite the teaser, buddy. Yeah. 
All right, we are back from the break. The first thing we're going to do here is my oh, stat of oh, the week. Hey, Joe, before before you get to your stat of the week, I just want to – no, I, look, I think we should let the fans behind the curtain a little bit and and let them know what we discussed during halftime. Um, Joe, you explained to me that I was mispronouncing the coach's name. Um, Which time? All of the times. <laughs> And yeah. so um, I went ahead and said that I'm just going to settle on Coach BJ, and you you disagreed with that. You didn't think that was the right way. What you said to me is that the J is silent, and then it's mm-hmm. B York grin. Now I know that I have a problem between the like like the E and the I, like the like the pen you write with and the pen you stick stuff with. I'll work on that later. But it's B York. You also gave me um, a fun fact. That um, uh, Bjorkgren is the most famous pop star from Iceland, and I think that'll go really well with Oladipo's singing career, and they're going to be able to bond over that. I think that's uh, I think that's probably true. That's 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 uh, what we talked about in the, in the halftime. I just want to let people behind the curtain. I mean, that's that's what I yeah, got no, out of I, our conversation, at least, right? I yeah, I appreciate that. I was impressed by the how many Bjork songs you could just sing off the cuff. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was a lot. Only the ones in yeah. Icelandic. I don't know the other ones. Yeah, yeah. And and the fact that you could match her range. Her range is amazing, <laughs> and you were just note for note. Well, I got all that practice doing the uh, turn out the lights. You know, <laughs> ten thousand hours of singing <laughs> that one song. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm gonna move to my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. And the stat of the week this week is something that uh, I had not heard of until after the the finals were over. But uh, if you guys heard this, the the uh, ratings were like way down for the finals. Uh, they were down uh, about fifty percent, almost fifty percent, really? uh, from from the previous year. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't either. I, I I'd been watching like you know like I I get that it's a different environment, but. Uh, uh, yeah, the drops like per game were like between forty, and, like fifty-five ish percent, like uh, for, for the first three games. So yeah, it was average was about fifty percent less than last year, forty-eight uh, percent to be specific. But then also like they looked at uh, 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 baseball. MLB was down about thirty-nine percent. Um, looks like the NFL is down about fourteen percent. NHL down twenty-five percent. Including sixty one percent off in NHL for the for the Stanley Cup Finals, mm. uh, so it's down across the board. It's not down the same. My football has been affected the least, um, and uh, so I don't know what that says. I mean, and, and the Kentucky Derby was another one. It was at nine point three million viewers this year, but uh, wow, uh, it, it was about fifteen million. Uh, before so uh can i go ahead and be one of those people that i didn't know they were doing the derby like i there's just so much stuff going on like all the sports like delayed themselves and they're all happening at one time i had no idea i missed the derby i almost missed the uh, indy 500 and i live here so i yeah there's a lot going on uh so the derby was in september yeah that was like recently right i mean yeah i have yeah, no yeah. idea so what you, month it is by the way right <laughs> or what so day you, of the week it is <laughs> You knew it was recent, but you don't know where you are. Right. I'm definitely in a different room than I was last week. That's for sure. Right. I got that. 
yeah, it's. I mean, I. I don't know. I don't know uh, the reasoning. You know, there. The there's. Just, I mean, there's a lot going on. There's nothing going on. You know, the. But uh, it's definitely interesting. I, you know, one thing too, and this was not maybe for the finals, but in general, like during the during the league, like games were starting at what, like one o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that that may have affected some stuff later, but I mean, the finals games were on sort of normalish, like prime time. Uh, but uh, yeah, some of those the regular bubble season. <laughs> uh, some of those games were were. Uh, at odd times. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's weird. I thought huh. people would have been just going nuts for it. I know. I was yeah. super stoked. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. To have something to watch besides Netflix. <laughs> right. All right. So there, uh, there's been another change around the league. Uh, it was not just the uh, the Pacers making a coaching change. Uh, Stan Van, the garbage man, back in action. <laughs> he's going to be is down. That the in, best uh, nickname in the NBA. Yep. I mean, I yeah. He's uh, Stan Van, hands down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I missed uh, it. He's going to be uh, coaching again, coaching the uh, the Pelicans with uh, a young Zion Williamson. Is he is he a good fit for this team? I know he he's a I don't know he, he had pretty good success in the past. Uh, he was in Orlando. Got them to the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colson, what's your take on this? I mean, so I'm sure his pitch is a uh, something that um, that you can imagine the the Pelicans brass being excited about, which is, hey, look, um, I created space for a young Dwight Howard to excel. His best years were under me. Um, I'm going to create an offensive system that uh, Zion Williamson is going to, to thrive under. We're going to put a bunch of shooters around him and and allow him to work in space and dominate down low. Um, that could work. I mean, I, I think his, you know, what's interesting is he's got a very young team, um, and and you know they got that uh, all those pieces in the L.A. trade, um, you know, Brandon Ingram, uh, Lonzo Ball, uh, Josh Hart. Uh, you know, the interesting piece of this is that Lonzo Ball isn't really a shooter to place around Zion and 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 spread the floor, but um, he's. Uh, you know, Stan Van has said that he's going to try to use utilize him uh, like a, a Ben Simmons type, which is uh, let him uh, grab the rebound and then you know lead the fast break. That they that you know that that he thinks that with along with Drew Holiday and Brandon Ingram and Zion, they just have everybody on that team can grab a rebound and 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 lead a fast break. Um, so. You know, we'll see. Uh, he's also, I think, historically done a pretty good job, um, you know, designing defenses that muck up the other team. Uh, this could work. I, I could see how this 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 pitch goes. And you know, Stan Van's a good coach. He's not. I don't know if he's one of the five or six coaches in the league that make a huge difference. That really that we talk about that matter. Um, but I don't think he's a 
bad coach. I think he's he could he could help this young franchise. I'm 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 okay with this. Okay, I guess I thought it was sort of bizarre. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you got a young team and not super high expectations. Like, you know, you got some leashes in organization with your fan base to try something, to right, try and something. see if you can maybe hook somebody who might be a, one of those five coaches that matter because yeah. you know Stan Van's not right. already, right? Right. Furthermore, because they're young, you could have found somebody who could grow along with these guys and potentially keep this organization um, you know, together and on a single track for years and years to come and you know, maybe build that, you know, institutional continuity that you know, all these people are always talking about. I I, I don't know. I just it was surprising and weird. I don't know. Is there it's some not sense what that, I would have done. Is there some sense that they feel like they have to win now? Like what? What? Where is there that coming from? Be. Yeah, exactly. If they do, <laughs> like they got another, they're doing it wrong. They got another thing going. Yeah, yeah. Because that does feel like that kind of hire. Like, oh well, we have to be relevant tomorrow, right? Like we've got to get an established coach who we've seen have success in the past, and like let's get us to the playoffs this year, where your best player is like nineteen. Yeah, right. You know, it doesn't really. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, but I, but you agree with me that you can sort of see how he might. Oh sell sure. That? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a fine coach. I mean, he's done. You know, he's he's been innovative in the past. Like, I mean, he's a legit NBA coach. Yeah, he's a he's an NBA um, mind for sure. But I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, not until he takes know. the Pelicans to multiple championships. Exactly. While he's sucking exactly. down diet cokes or whatever he does. <laughs> yeah, I think he crushes. He those. crushes those. Yeah. Uh, in fact, his his uh, his page on Wikipedia, his uh, his profile picture is him holding a can of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so <serious>. great. <laughs> Look it up. I'm going that, to because that doesn't that, seem like it should be a thing. Isn't that what Walsh <sighs> drinks too? Isn't that how he like quit drinking? He just started like drinking a case of diet Coke a day or something like that. Um, is that uh, better? Oh, his. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Maybe <laughs> his uh, his last stint was he was at uh, the the um, Pistons for I think four years or so three or four years um, and I, I think during that time he, I was excited about when he when he and he actually was like the, the president as well uh, when he was there and I, I didn't, didn't, didn't think that stint went well I think they were consistently underperforming um, uh, I mean. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't, I, was, I don't know. wasn't he one of those like canaries in the coal mine where like we were they were trying to like do the coach GM thing, and like it's clear now that that's too much work in the NBA. Like nobody's really successfully doing that, and like if he's just a coach, he'll be all right. Like I, that's just a lot. Like we, we've learned that you know uh, the Clippers took away Doc's role as the GM and just let him be a coach and then fired him a year later. But still, what I'm saying is like, it's just a lot to ask for one person to do. So I'm not sure I would totally fault him for, for his Detroit stint. I mean, did he take the job and was it his job to perform? Right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's on his resume. <laughs> I mean, the Pistons aren't going to be like, Oh, that's my bad. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> but, but, but they should, they should take some responsibility to be, yeah, like, that is we, not we, how job interviews work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what? Um, he's taking his he's what he's saying to them. He's like, "You can take my diet coke, and I'm going to put it straight up your aspartame." I don't know. It, it didn't work either. 
All right. I mean, he got the job. I mean, if that's how he got it, that's unorthodox. But, you know, he's an unorthodox coach. So, you know, we're all with it. Well, best of luck to the Pelicans. I mean, they, they should be an exciting team, you yeah. know. And, I, you know, honestly, even just getting the, you know, basics down for a lot of these guys is, you know, probably a fine place to start, I guess. Like I said, it's just like bizarre from a long-term perspective for me. Well, and, and I think that, the you know, the NBA um, invested a lot to get New Orleans a team and then, you know, Katrina happened and they've done a lot to try to, keep that team alive in that city because there's not, you know, the population there to support it necessarily. And, um, you know, I think it would go a long way um, to, um, you know, for all of that effort from the league to, to have this team be young and exciting and a must watch TV. So I hope it happens. Yeah. Oh, you, you guys, you know, what's great about the internet. One of the things that's great about the internet is uh, there is an article that I found. I want to send it over to Stan Van. Uh, the title of it is The 15 Best Places for Diet Coke in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, definitely send that to him. And also to me, because that sounds amazing. <laughs> Number one, Mona's Cafe and Deli, 3901 Bank Street. <laughs> Number two, Fogo de Chow, Brazilian Steakhouse. I mean... I wonder, what puts, I wonder what's putting their Diet Coke above... Uh, Everybody I mean, else. it's probably the quality of the steak. That place is pretty good. <laughs> is it, did their steak pair well? Yeah, with exactly. Diet Coke? The, the Diet Coke tastes better with a really good steak. With yeah, with a hundred and fifty dollars steak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of those are fountains. You know, fountain gun pours. Like maybe they're just really well calibrated at the Fogo de Chao. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially, and and plus, you know, maybe it's like a bes- bespoke Diet Coke where. Uh, you know, like the like the fancy cocktails. Uh, oh, sh- but you've got yeah. they're making it there on site. Potentially, I don't know. Do they just have like a big vat of aspartame that they just uh, sprinkle in? Yeah, I think that the I think that that's uh, the new wave in uh, in, in dining is going to be uh, soda drinks made by soda jerks uh, from scratch by by soda <laughs> yeah. jerks from scratch. Yep. Uh, it all comes back around. We're going back to the fifties. Let's go back to the fifties. That's right. Uh, make America great again. Making making soda great again. <laughs> um. And one more uh, item of note: the NBA. You know, we had mentioned it's starting now. January. As we as we Start, speak. starting now. <laughs> Check under your chair. <laughs> You get an MBA. You get an MBA. Everybody gets an MBA. <laughs> All right. Um, we have seen reports that they are trying to, they're floating the idea that the NBA would return uh, by Christmas, which seems like real soon. Well, that's insane. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, so we, we talked How long we is talked the normal about, offseason? Yeah, it's. Two months, three, three months, two and a half months. So well, about the same. Well, no, that's that's not it's, that. That can't be right. No, no, no. I'm saying like the actual off season from like the trade deadline, right? So like you do trades through July, and then you get September, uh, and then I guess the, and then I guess training camp starts mid October. 
trades are all of the month of July. So it is two and a half months. But what what they're suggesting is, so we're talking about the draft at the end of November. We're talking about the trade deadline starts in December. Yeah, yeah, December. And so basically you would be trading players like during your training camp, right? I mean, that that's that's what I'm talking about. Like it's all on top of each other. Like, Does it doesn't matter? I don't know. That seems crazy to me. And also like, I mean, LeBron I think doesn't the GMs can break. handle it. Yeah, can LeBron's gonna be pissed though. He he's losing at least two weeks of rest probably. I mean, he'll just take it during the season. Yeah, what are you exactly. <laughs> he just got an unexpected four month rest, and he can take Good whatever call. he needs during the season. I think he'll be fine. Good call. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, for me, like you know, when we were talking it was a couple weeks ago, we were talking about when the season would start, and I was like, well, based on a, a November eighteenth draft, we're talking about like the earliest you could do it is late January, probably most likely, you know mid-February is when you'd start the season. And they're like, oh, no, let's just do it, you know, six weeks before that. That just seems like a lot. Like, if they were going on an old sort of the way that you do the schedule. So um, I know what they're trying to do, which is uh, – no, no. The Christmas Day yeah, – Yeah, the Christmas Day game is always one of their biggest games. And also, they are trying to get the season done in time for – the Olympics, the 2020 Olympics, which is mm-hmm. that math checks out. <laughs> that's, so, but that's, but that's what it is. Uh, but they might they they're gonna have to do this. They're gonna have to shorten the season and skip the All Star break to get this done. Go ahead, Joe. I mean, neither of you care. Are they, <laughs> well. Where is the All-Star game going to be? Indianapolis. <laughs> no. No. It's not going to be here not, this year. There's, if they push it back a year, that's fine. I mean, I'd like to have it this year, but... Well, but will you have any fans there? Right? Should we wait? Yeah, let's wait a full year. I mean, that's that's the point, right? Yeah. Like, you can't have an All-Star. Like, all this stuff that they want to do, like, this is all dangerous, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> right. I mean, maybe we're going to be able to have travel. Maybe they're going to have to do a bubble. Like, maybe it hasn't been established yet, right? Right. Like, well, they said they don't want to do a bubble this time. Of course, around, they don't want they're to. Just jumping right back into it, right? Like, we're they didn't want to do the bubble the first time, right? But right. No one wants to do the bubble. The bubble is a necessary evil, right? Yeah. So, well, I mean, there's a lot of work to do, but like, you can easily like training camps, all that stuff. Like, that's dangerous. Like, that's just right. all people traveling around. Being, you know what I mean? Like, cut all that stuff. Get rid of it. Yeah. Right. Just start playing ball when it's time to play ball. Let somebody figure out if you need a bubble or not. Like, you know, cut out all the BS. All-Star game, gone, right? Maybe you don't need 82 games. I'm fine with that, you know, especially given, you know, the fact that, you know, things have been a little bit wonky. Like, maybe an 82-game season is too long. Maybe you are risking too many injuries, right? So, yeah, no, I mean... I mean, I don't think it's so much that Christmas is too soon, right? As long as the NBA can logistically figure out what they need to figure out in order to do this the right way. Um, and I don't think they're just going to, you know, roll over and let fans into stadiums in December. I do not think the environment is going to be conducive to that. Right. Um, We're speaking so, to yeah. the point where they're not going to let in. I mean, I can't imagine. I. I mean, it would be a bizarre decision, but right, you know. especially after they took the stance on the bubble and and how successful that was, and how they had you know how successful it was for people's health. Right. Yeah, but tell that sure. to the ratings, dude. Right. Yeah. yeah. The people's health doesn't uh, uh, 
pay paychecks. Doesn't put groceries on the table, John. <laughs> uh, I have heard some speculation that might do the the go the way of baseball, uh, which is basically you have a home stand and you'd pay all your games against that. So like you would travel to Cleveland and you'd play your four Cleveland games at one time or whatever. Um, hmm. And then so sure. you should you know lower travel sort of thing. Um, you know, so that would throw off the home and away games, but you would, you know, for, for, you know, the actual teams playing each other, but like overall you would have the same amount of home games versus away games sort of thing. Um, I don't know. That's, that's, that's an idea. I'm sure everything's on the table right now. Yeah. It seems way better than, I mean, look, yeah. If, if it's, if that's the, uh, if that's the, uh, you know, sacrifice you need to make like fine (laughs) yeah for sure yeah no it's going to be complicated and it's you know it's going to take a lot of people working really hard to to figure it out but of all the sports it feels like they've probably handled it the best so we'll leave them to it and give them you know a chance to 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 figure it out as best they can and hopefully they have as much success uh in the in the upcoming season as they did this year doing the best they can with a broken world broken world for sure <laughs> and and you know no time really i mean you know no time for a break like you you've got these these um um i hope they're paying the schedulers overtime because it's gonna I be mean, a lot of work i assume that the i don't know how many billions of dollars nine billion dollars a year the nba rakes in and how many people do they employ a couple thousand i assume yeah. they're all well compensated i think they can handle it <laughs> they can afford the ot okay because you just don't want to see a scheduler strike, you know. <laughs> but I'm hoping they've got a strong scheduler union. And, uh, <laughs> Robust. They're uh, yeah. yeah, stand up for themselves. Well, yeah, yeah you don't want teamsters. And also, you this is a bad time to bring in like the D League schedulers or whatever as scabs, right. and then it's going to be all screwed up. Right. Yeah, we all know about yeah. those D League schedules. Yeah. <laughs> They're a mess every year. They're a mess every That's year. That's right. That's right. The closest thing I remember to that was when when uh, the NFL uh, had that ordeal with the referees, and they they did bring in the D League referees. Oh, and uh, no, not just D League referees, like uh, the lingerie football referees. Someone's right, been right. listening to Wait Wait. Don't tell me. That's right. <laughs> all of us. Somebody, apparently. Yeah, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to uh, tell the fan the punchline now. Yeah. Did they let somebody who got fired from the lingerie league coach an NFL game? Yeah. Yeah. I believe I believe they did. I believe it was an entire crew. <laughs> <laughs> Solid work, NFL. <sighs> where, where are you going to find? Like, where are you going to find these guys? I mean, I remember college when I, <laughs> I mean, Jason's really into the schedule every year when it comes out. Like I'm sure he could definitely step in. That's true. Yeah. And we, we would have a very uh, friendly schedule that year. I would think. Pacers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I remember when I was in high school, I played, you know, you guys know I played soccer. Uh, Harper, you played as well, right? Yeah. So, but like, I remember at some point, um, I think it was due to like abuse from fans, but they were having trouble getting referees. 
Um, yeah, because they get paid, but it's not. It may not be. It may not be worth uh, getting yelled at for an entire night. Yeah. By uh, by some jerks. Um, but so what happened was uh, uh, eventually. Um, referees from other sports just be like they would just sign up to do it they say okay fine <laughs> maybe didn't know all of the rules i mean come on you don't need to know all it's just the general idea is fine right right yeah but it was frustrating too because like you know they're adults and they don't want to be talked like down to by you know these young people yeah. and so they just like double down and be like i'm in charge here like yeah. get out of my face like great, this is gonna go well. Yeah. So like, all right, what? Do you, all right, what do you think is legal? I'll just do that. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. You just can't use your hands. Everything else is cool. There's right. no as, as far as I know, that's the only rules in soccer, right? Just right. Don't, exactly. Don't touch your. Don't touch the ball with your hands, and then it's a free for all. So if you if you had a ref a ref that was like a football you know American football ref, then you could get away with some stuff sure. because they didn't. Well, yeah, I mean, tackling fine. is totally cool. Yeah, just no no fingers and eyes. But beyond that, like, yeah, yeah. grab his shirt. That's exactly. whatever. Just yeah. don't make him bleed. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Anyway, pay, pay NBA, come on. Pay your schedulers. <laughs> <laughs> that was the point of that story. Yeah. Yes, exactly. 100%. <laughs> um, I think that about wraps it up. Is there anything else... Um, you guys uh, need to tell the world? Nope. We're good. I tell you, there is no way in hell that I'm going to a, a, a game at, at the Fieldhouse uh, if things are remotely like they are right now. We had our we had our high for a state like two days ago. So I'm not I'm not going to the Fieldhouse. What if there was like you know when you go to the grocery store and like you're you're looking at produce and there's like a constant mist. Like, what uh-huh. if they were constantly missing the audience with Lysol? How would you feel about it? Would you feel better about it? <laughs> seems, it seems like I'm going to inhale some things that... What's your... Uh, it's going to go over my, my daily recommended uh, amount to yeah. huff Lysol. Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to inject it, not huff. <laughs> okay. <That's good. laughs> uh, the, uh, the NBA has 3,260 employees, it turns out. Wow. Okay. All right, so they've got to cut up that nine billion a little bit uh, thinner than you thought. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> do do players count in that total? Do they they don't do they play for the league or do they play for the teams? How does that work? I believe they play you for know? the teams. They're getting their checks from from the, teams. the owners. Yeah. The governors. The governors. Yeah, you're right. Correct. From the governors. Yeah. yeah. And then so some of this stuff. Does I that guess mean I don't. The Simons know. live at the governor's mansion. <laughs> Apparently, Pence's uh, voting address is still listed as the governor's mansion. He didn't live there. I agree. I, I believe another governor lives there. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. This is why uh, you've got to change your ID when you live the leave the state. Like it's really it's important, so that you know where to vote. He knew where to vote. Wherever he wants. <laughs> the lines here, Harper, I don't, know if, I don't know if you probably haven't seen this, but the lines in Indiana have been like, for early voting, have been like, some places were like five plus hours for early voting. Uh, yeah, so, I heard about that. Uh, one yeah. of my podcasts, I think it was Vox maybe. Um, shout out Vox. 
Uh, but one of their reporters is in Indiana. I was waiting 90 minutes. Uh, friend today went to vote at 10 a.m., uh, finished at 1.30. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's not, that is not good, but that's... I'm, I'm glad lots uh, of people are voting. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope that the reason is, is because they're being especially safe and it takes longer because of protocols. I suspect it's because they shut down too many polling stations. Yes, that but. is. <laughs> so shout out to the people doing their civic duty, even though there's uh, an organized movement against that. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out democracy. Yeah. We're going to miss you. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get going here. It's been a great ride. Uh, (laughs) Solid run. Find us on the social medias. Uh, We are uh, on Twitter. We are at Undebeatables. We are on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Uh, our website is theunbeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us a message. You can send us an email. Shout out at theunbeatables.com. And we've got uh, some Schmedium shirts for sale as well. Uh, finally, I would like uh, to officially welcome uh, Dr. Nate Bjorkgren. <laughs> That's right, right? Ish. Okay. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the team. Yeah. Does he have his doctorate in, in basketball? That's right. I, I d- no. In where PH, did, where did PhD. Sure, he's got an honorary from somewhere. <laughs> if not, IU can get right on. Or the, the one college in Iceland. There's not a lot of people that live there, right? That's the that's it's it's, no. it's 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 just a it's a big it's a big ice shelf. It's not. <laughs> All the people live in Greenland because it's green there. That's how it works, right? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm just checking, making sure. For our once and always coach, once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sicklinard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights. The party's over. That's nice. <laughs> That was my Bjork. All right, Colson. That was my Bjork. <laughs> Colson uh, and Harper, if you want to jump in on this too, you, uh, can you guys list the top five places to get Diet Coke in Indianapolis? Mm. Uh, I'm going to go. I mean, obviously, Mikado. <laughs> That's right. Mikado's number one. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking the, the double eight on 48th and Central. Is that open? No, it's been closed for like probably 10 years. Yeah, I was going to go with the Emporium. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Uh, Let's see. Um, Ooh, uh, the Cheesecake Factory. Everybody loves that place. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What's uh? What is it about their Diet Coke that's uh, a little better than the rest of the, the city? Mm, I mean, you know, they say that if you have a really big menu, you shouldn't trust it because the chef's not really good at anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like this is the exception. I think everything at Cheesecake Factory is delicious, probably particularly their Diet Coke. Okay. 
So the chef specializes in Diet Coke. <laughs> Any other chain restaurants that you're excited about? Oh, so are you saying they're not chain restaurants? Or are you saying they're local mom and pop shops? No, I'm just, I mean, I would think that the mom and pop shops would be, would be, would have the best Diet Coke, but, mm. uh, but I don't know. Some Shapiro's? Shapiro's, there you go. Mm-hmm. I think that's got to be in the top five. Um, I, I think that, you know, uh, dealing with Coke, having done this, uh, they're a real pain in the butt to get um, to pay attention to you. So I feel like if you're a big corporation, maybe you have a better chance. If you give okay. them more money, maybe you can get the better the better uh, syrup. So you think like McDonald's is like a huge. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had a uh, McDonald's Coke? It's delicious. I mean, at some point, sure. Yeah. Um, and they do uh, extra aspartame. I get mine on the side. You know? <laughs> Good call. Mm-hmm. So you can snort it. <laughs> I'll tell you after the show. <laughs> tell me before the next show. Okay. No, no, for sure. <laughs> we have all kinds of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a wrap now that we're... Sp- Snorting aspartame. 